0: In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City worship podcast. Out of a desire to love our neighbors well and to care for the most vulnerable among us, we have uh, continued to suspend in-person worship for the last Sunday because next Sunday, June 6th, 2021, we will be regathering in our church building at 819 John Adams Street. Uh, it has been well over a year, uh, I think something like 14 and a half months since the last time we were able to be in the building together worshiping, and this is going to be a great and joyous day in the life of our church. I don't want to throw away the, the or dismiss what has happened over the, the, the past 14 months or so, however. Because these are times that God has continued to move and work and hold our church together. We have made the the phone calls and the emails and the text messages and have, have made sure that worship has continued, yes, but ultimately, it is the power of God in Jesus Christ our Lord through the Holy Spirit that has united us all, that has been God's Ever loving presence and light and hope in all of these dark times. And so every time has a purpose. And I think the purpose that we see through here is that there's times for lament. There's times for sadness when these great, terrible things happen in our world. But there's also time for rejoicing. And we are transitioning from. Uh, from a time that we didn't ever imagine that we would be in uh, to a time that hopefully will feel a little bit more familiar. There will be some things that are different. Uh, We're going to ask for really five very basic precautions uh, when you show up to church next Sunday morning. Uh, The first one is stay home if you're unwell or uneasy. Uh, Maybe you're not feeling that well, even if it's not uh, COVID-related. Maybe you just have a cough or... Uh, you, you feel kind of sickly, um, or maybe you're still not easy being in a, a group of people uh, in an indoor environment. You have our blessing to stay home. Maybe you have other medical concerns or, uh, or you just don't care for the, the precautions that we're asking people to follow. If you follow in any of those categories, we will be offering a live video stream of our worship service from the church gym. Uh, We're going to begin worshiping there. uh, And within, uh, I I don't know the time period, but in in the coming weeks or months, we'll be moving back into the church sanctuary. Um, But we will be having a live video stream on our church YouTube channel. And you can find the link for that in the notes of this podcast. Uh, It's also linked from our church website, onebaptistchurch.org. Again, that's the number onebaptistchurch.org. Um, when you get here, show up and check in. Uh, the ramp entrance is the entrance that you'll be using. It's the only entrance that will be available. Uh, and you'll you'll head up the ramp and there will be a check-in station uh, where we'll make sure that we have some basic information and, um, and ask you a couple of questions, and then you'll go on in, um, and somebody can help you find a seat when you when you get inside. Uh, we're going to ask you to mask up. Uh, we've been doing this for the the through the whole of the the pandemic, and we're going to keep doing it for a little while longer. Uh, so make sure that if you are over the age of three years old, uh, that you come with a mask, something that covers your nose and your mouth. Uh, face shields, net gaiters, and bandanas unfortunately don't count. Uh, and if you don't have a mask, if you can't afford a mask, we do have uh, single use masks that we'll be able to give you and give space to people. Um, you know, six feet of personal space is, is pretty good right now. Um, and you can you can feel free to chat with your friends. It's It's been 14 months since we've all been in the same room. So chat with your friends, say hello to your friends, get caught up, see how everybody's doing. Uh, just kind of do it from about six feet away um, and I know this is going to be maybe the hardest one for our church, but avoid physical contact um, just for a little while longer. Uh, put those, those handshakes, those hugs, those high fives, fist bumps, whatever it is that you like to do, uh, just on hold for just a little while longer um, while, we, while we make sure that everything is, is safe for everybody as we regather, because our priorities are still the same. We've begun every worship service podcast by saying, out of a desire to love our neighbors well and to care for the most vulnerable. And that's what we're going to keep doing as followers of Jesus, because Jesus cared for the most vulnerable in his world. And that's what we're going to do as well. If I went over this too fast, that's okay. I kind of intentionally went through it quick um, because you don't want to listen to me rattle through all of this. Uh, but these, uh, these precautions, these details are going to be available on our website. Again, that's onebaptistchurch.org uh, on our social media. So on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, and we'll also mail a copy of this out uh, to church members ahead of time. Um, so with that said, uh, we will still be putting out a podcast. Uh, it will be an audio recording of the video live stream. So it won't be quite the same as what we've been having for the past uh, 14 months or so, but there will still be a, uh, a podcast that shows up in this space, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, there will still be a podcast available every week. We hope and pray that you are well. We hope and pray that uh, as, as these days of, of COVID uh, seem to be getting brighter, as, as thanks to vaccinations, it seems to be on the run. We pray that you're doing well, that you are sensing the encouragement of, of your church family, of your brothers and sisters in Christ, that you know the presence of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, who made himself known at Pentecost and who lives in each and every one of us for whom Jesus is Lord and guides us and remind us of all the ways of Jesus. Keep this in mind. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit as we worship this morning. head of the church which is his body he is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead so he is first in everything for god in all his fullness was pleased to live in christ and through him god reconciled everything to himself
1: god's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in a rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light.
2: Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, Now you have received God's mercy.
0: All of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's
1: ambassadors, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ.
2: Now may the God of peace, who raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will.
1: May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen.
2: This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Let us bow before the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come before you in humbleness and gratitude as we look back to the past and now into the future. We thank you, Lord, for your protection from the COVID-19 virus these past 14 months. And as we look to the future, we know without a doubt that you will continue to protect us. As we face the pandemic and restrictions were put upon us, we knew that we would have to find new ways to worship. You made that available to us via our podcast. You also made a way for us to become closer to you as we meditated on scripture from your word. It was a time to become bonded with you, Father, through prayer. We found ways to meet people's needs through phone calls, notes, cards, and other ways. Many in our congregation rose to the challenge to contact those who really needed someone to talk to. As we move into the future, my prayer is that we will continue to seek you in an intimate way. As the future is upon us, may we the people as the church will seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Not only be willing to let him lead us, um, but also that we will listen to what he has to say to us as the church. Lord, I pray that the neighborhood in which our church is located will become our mission field. May we be a people saturated by the love of Christ, that our desire is to share that love with those who are our neighbors. We put our faith and trust in you, Lord, to show us the way through the power of your Holy Spirit. During the pandemic, you heard our prayer requests, and you answered them, and we thank you, Father, for the healings that have taken place, relationships that have been reunited, and circumstances that have been resolved. Today, I lift up to you again, those who need healing in their bodies. Today, I lift up especially the family of Pastor John, especially his mother, Diane, and his sister, Mary. Diane and Mary have some medical issues that need your healing, Lord. Be with Mary as she had surgery on Wednesday, be with her as she is recovering from the surgery. Be with Diane, who has some medical issues of her own that will limit her from fully taking care of Mary. Lord, I pray that Diane will fully accept her limitation and that someone will step forward to help her. Lord, I put it in your hands. I pray for the Secor family, especially Sherry and Stacy. Sherry is having pain from her surgery. Ease her pain, Lord. Be with Stacy as she continues her chemotherapy. Limit any of the side effects and give her rest. For both families, I pray that you will give them peace, strength, and courage during their time of sickness. I bring before you, Lord, others who are ill, friends, co-workers, acquaintances, family members. Touch them, Lord, with your healing power. Be with our young church, especially those who are graduating from high school. Help them in their search for a job or college. Place within them the desire to allow the Holy Spirit to guide them, plus the leaders with the power of the Holy Spirit. Be with our congregation as we anticipate the reconvening of our church in-person worship service. May it be a time of celebration that will bring joy in our hearts as we give you the praise and glory for what you have done for all of us. For people who have expressed a desire to be a part of our fellowship, may we welcome them with open arms. May the love of Jesus be the glue that will unite us as a church family. Be with Pastor John as he brings us a message on what is the church. Fill him with your Holy Spirit power as he brings us this message. Open our hearts and ears so we may receive this message, prepared by you but given by our pastor. May our podcast be a blessing to all who may hear it. Be with us this coming week, and may our prayer be a successful regathering. May we pray that the Holy Spirit will move in a mighty way. May the peace of Christ be with us all. In your precious name I pray, amen.
0: Our scripture reader for this morning is Marja Yingling.
2: I'm reading from the New International Version. Um, They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give To anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple's courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved.
0: There is a group of people, uh, maybe you'd call it a hobby. Maybe you would call it a, a particular a particular type of nerd uh, who do something called live-action role-playing, uh, otherwise known as LARPing. What is LARPing? You might ask if you if you don't already know. Live-action role-playing is where you uh, dress up like somebody from a, a TV show or movie or uh, or some sort of a game that you're acting out, and you participate in a story or a, a storyline from uh, from this this universe, from this world, this fictional world uh, that your character comes from. Uh, you know, maybe you're going to dress up like Luke Skywalker from Star Wars, or maybe you're going to uh, dress up like Gimli the dwarf from Lord of the Rings. Um, or maybe you're just going to be uh, a knight from King Arthur's uh, round table at Camelot. And, and people do this in public uh, and they, they reenact these stories and they go to conventions where they all dress up. Um, th- sometimes the conventions are called comic cons, um, short for comic convention. And, and they, they, they dress up as these characters or they put their own spin on these characters. And as we read this passage this morning, we're, we're reminded that this is the beginning of the church. And there are groups of people who, and, and followers of Jesus everywhere, who kind of think that maybe we just need the, the way to get the church back on track, so to speak, if they perceive that the church has, has lost its way, is to go back to these acts two times and, and to reenact the, the, the ways of this passage and to do uh, the things that this passage is describing that the early believers did. And I don't think that's the, the worst of intentions, but I also don't think that we are called to be live action role players of the early church. This is the beginning of the church in Acts chapter two. This is where we see the church come to life. Uh, The Holy Spirit has come powerfully into the disciples at Pentecost and it has filled uh, the Holy Spirit's power. Uh, The Holy Spirit himself, which is the spirit of God, has filled every believer in Jesus Christ as Lord and has brought them together in a church or in a community rather. They didn't call it a church at first, uh, but it brought them together in a community. And in between the passage that we read last week, uh, which was Acts two, one through 13, and the passage that we've read this week, uh, Peter has addressed the crowd and has talked to them about how Jesus is the fulfillment of what they were looking for. Uh, how Jesus is the one who comes from the lineage of David, how Jesus has come to, through, through Jesus, he's come to fulfill the promise that God made to Abraham, that God made uh, to the people of Israel, that the whole world would be blessed through God's people, the Israelites. And now Jesus has fulfilled that and is calling everybody back to God. And so 3,000 people, as a result of Peter's preaching, 3,000 people have been baptized and have professed that Jesus Christ is Lord. And now what did they do? But they formed a community. And the community, the community then, much like the community now, is kind of based around four, let's call them landmarks, maybe signposts or, or four platforms, however you want to think of it. We'll use the word landmarks. And there are four landmarks of the church as described in Acts 2, 42 through 47. And those are teaching, a shared communal life, the breaking of bread, also known as the Lord's Supper, and commitment to the prayers. And so when we take these four landmarks, this is where we see how that early church functioned. And this is where we get what we need to be about. Because sometimes sometimes we do just take it for granted that church means a particular thing. If you're like me and grew up in the church, you were raised in the church, all you've ever known is the church, it's really easy, and I don't fault anybody for this, it's really easy to make the presumption that the way you grew up knowing the church is what church is. If you've if you've only ever known one way of being the church, it's kind of natural to think like this is the way that it has to be, and so as you go from childhood to a to adolescence and from adolescence into adulthood. And as you're an adult who is living and, and being in the church, you may not ever take the time to really think, what does this mean now? Because followers of Jesus have asked this over the centuries. And and the way that we uh, the way that we conduct church. looks very different from what we see in Acts 2, 42 through 47. But we have to be interested in making sure that these four landmarks remain. Because that's what landmarks do, is you know where you're going by landmarks. I always know that when I see Exit 9 on Interstate 205, that I'm just about five minutes from home given however many stoplights I hit on the way. Whenever I see exit nine on interstate 205, I know that I'm getting real close to home. And so if I've uh, gone to the store and, um, you know, in real healthy eating, bought a bag of chicken nuggets, I can call Katie and say, hey, preheat the oven, the chicken nuggets are almost here. I'll be honest, I like chicken nuggets and I don't think there's anything wrong with that in moderation. We know the landmarks of the church, and we know where we're going by these landmarks. And so we know that the church needs to be paying attention to teaching from God's word. We know that God's word not just needs to be proclaimed in preaching, but that God's word needs to be read in worship. It needs to be read in groups. It needs to be read by individual believers. We need to pay attention to teaching from God's word from teachers who are interested in proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. We also know that we need to have a shared communal life. Now, this is a tricky one because shared communal life for the Acts 2 church, for the churches we read it here, looks very different than what our lives look like today. And they, they shared everything. They, they had everything in common and, and they shared freely with one another. Sometimes even selling off land so that people's needs, people's physical real life needs could be met. They shared meals together. They shared tables together. And this is one of the hallmarks of the church. And it's how we know that we are following the Holy Spirit because God's Holy Spirit brings people together in a communal life. We pay attention to the Lord's Supper because this is the meal that Jesus gave to his disciples the night that he was betrayed, as it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, the night that he was betrayed, he knew that he was going to the cross the next day. And he didn't give a a big final discourse laying everything out there explaining everything clearly instead he gave them a meal to describe what was going on and to say this is how you will know my presence because jesus is present in the lord's supper and we know how to understand Jesus's presence in the Lord's Supper. We know how to understand each other through the Lord's Supper. We know how to understand our relationship with Jesus through the Lord's Supper. And we also have the landmark of prayer. We are heaven and earth people as followers of Jesus. And we live lives that are yes, very much rooted in us being humans on Earth, but we also know that we are citizens of God's kingdom; that we are citizens of an eternal kingdom that will may, be made manifest here on Earth. That the whole point of Jesus being born as a human was not so that someday we could be um, we could be off somewhere else with God, but that God could come here and make his home amongst his people. The whole of the scriptures testify to this. And because we're heaven and earth people, we pray. We pray because prayer brings us in a a mystical way through the power of the Holy Spirit that we don't understand. And if you wanna try to wrestle with it, Romans chapter eight is a great place to start. But prayer is where we here on earth approach heaven, where we speak with God, we listen to God, we hear what the Holy Spirit has for us to hear, and we are changed by being people of prayer. So these four landmarks of the church, teaching, shared communal life, the Lord's Supper, and prayer, these are the things that we hold on to And these are the things that no matter if we are in 2021, 1921, 1421, or the year 21, we hold on to these things as the essentials of what it means to be the church. And it's interesting that these four landmarks have stood the test of time. And they stand whether we're Uh, Baptists or Methodists or uh, Presbyterians or Roman Catholics or, or Greek Orthodox. These are the four things that make up the life of the church. And these four things we have to ask ourselves in every generation, what does it mean for us to be the church, for us to live out these four kind of landmarks as followers of Jesus in our times now, what ones do we pay attention to more? What t- ones do we pay attention to less? And why why aren't we paying attention to all of these equally? Some churches may may be great praying churches, or some churches may be very strong on on uh, teaching from the pulpit. But why not have a church that is strong in all? Four landmarks of the church. Because when the Holy Spirit exploded into the world, when, when this great movement that we now call the church began on that day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people were saved, and they said, Okay, what do we do now? They said, It looks like this it looks like us getting together and doing this life together and they made it work for their time period and in their culture, and we do the same now. And there were things that at their time, in the way that they were doing things, looked natural and, and easygoing in the culture. And there were things that, as you'll see as you read through the book of Acts, became very countercultural. It caused people to riot. It caused people to, uh, to try to murder the apostles, and sometimes they were successful. In Acts chapter 12, uh, Peter makes it out of Acts chapter 12 alive, but James doesn't. And so sometimes our communal life as the church will be well accepted and well regarded in the eyes of the culture around us, and sometimes it won't be. Sometimes following Jesus means speaking for the people who who don't have a voice. Sometimes following Jesus means requesting justice for people who have been denied justice. Because ultimately we as people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and who are living out our lives together as the church are living out the ways of Jesus. And we have to figure out what it means to do that now. What does teaching look like now? Maybe it looks like one person standing behind a pulpit and doing what I'm doing right now. But maybe it means that sometimes we, we sit down in, in small groups together, and we talk about what a, a scripture passage means, or, or instead of me standing up in a pulpit, maybe it means that I uh, take a seat on in a chair and say, here's something from scripture. And we have a discussion about it. Maybe communal life doesn't mean just getting together at the church for a potluck. Maybe communal life means that we have little groups in neighborhoods all across Oregon city, all across the area. And we ask people to come over. Uh, We ask some followers of Jesus to come over and we invite some neighbors over and we talk we find out what's going on in life where they're disappointed and and where that what what brings them joy and and we we look for where we can point to the kingdom of god for healing for hope for peace for joy in their lives and say have you considered that this is the work of god in your life we continue to gather around the lord's table and remember that we are god's people who are triumphant not because Uh, We have conquered on the fields of battle, but because we have died with Christ and we have been raised with Christ by the power of God. And we commit ourselves to prayer, knowing that when we sit in the, the reality of earth and approach the reality of heaven, that we are changed, that our view of the world is changed, that our view of who we are and who our neighbors are and who our enemies are is changed. And we can begin to do as as the prayer that we ought to be praying says, is, is live for God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But there's a word that the early church used to describe all this and it's agape it's love. And at the center of all of this is the love of Jesus Christ. And agape is a wide love. It's a broad love. It's an all encompassing, welcoming love. And I think that's what brought people to the church. It said new people were added to their numbers daily. They were living out the good and joyful and redemptive life of Jesus. And the love of Jesus was apparent in everything they did. And so now as we, as we conclude worship via podcast, and as we move into a time of regathering into, as we, as we move into this transitional time, It's a good opportunity to ask ourselves, what is the church? Who are we as a church? What do we do as the church? How do we live out the teaching, the communal life, the the Lord's table, and the prayers? How do we live that out as God's people now, giving people a glimpse of the age to come in the age that we're presently living in? How does that work in our culture? How does does our culture work against the church? How does our church testify to God's love in in our world around us? These are all big questions. And these are all questions that very intentionally, we can't answer on our own. Because the life of followers of Jesus is a life lived out together And together we have to ask these questions. And together we have to challenge our assumptions. And together we have to move forward in the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple.
1: Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's
0: armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke.
1: Then I said, It's all over! I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among people with filthy lips. But I have seen the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord
2: asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send Send me.
0: Send me. Send me. Send me. Send me. Send me. Send me. Send us. thank you for worshiping with us today. And we thank you for worshiping with us over the past year. It has not been easy all the time, but we have continued to worship despite a pandemic, despite wildfires, despite an ice storm. We have continued to lift high the name of Jesus Christ to sing and pray to hear God's word read and proclaimed, to come before each other and the Lord at the Lord's table. It's been different, it's been weird, but we know that our God is faithful. And we know that the only way that we've been able to do all of this is not because of our strength, is not because of our greatness, but because of the great and strong and mighty and powerful God that empowers us to do all of it. We are going to be overjoyed to welcome you back into our church building next Sunday. And we will also be overjoyed for you to join us on the video live stream because we will continue to worship together and we will continue to work our way through these times together, being led by the Holy spirit, following the example and ways of Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that people will know that first Baptist of Oregon city is a place of healing and hope and of reconciliation and where they can go to meet Jesus. I'd like to thank Jeannie Vance, our church pianist, for our prelude this morning. I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our director of worship and youth, uh, for leading us in song. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, uh, for leading us in prayer this morning. I'd like to thank Katie Witham and the First Baptist Church readers for our creative scripture readings. And I would like to thank Gary and Doreen Hunley, our audio engineers, for making it all sound good. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands. Jesus is Lord.